Rhino, I couldn't be more excited. We have one of the biggest guests we've had on the Friendly Confines. How excited are you about this week's guest? Yeah, Chad, I'm absolutely pumped. We have from the Today Show, the co-host of Morning the Today Show. Show. Yes, the host of Today, Sunday Today with Willie Geis. It is the one and only Willie Geis. So I am so pumped. We get into all things about baseball and uh, you know, talking to him about his career and whatnot. So really excited to have him on the program. And uh, it is just can't miss interview. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Yeah, it's going to be in the seventh inning. We've got so much more to talk about. Obviously, the world has changed so drastically since the first pitch of spring training so unexpectedly. So we're going to be talking about the implications. Will there be baseball this year? Some new insights on that. Will they have the the Major League Draft? Some good things that the Ricketts are doing. All that and so much more. So stay tuned because the Friendly Confines is coming up right now. First inning now, Chad, and it is hard to believe that we are not talking about opening day or anything related to opening day because uh, there is no baseball with what is going on with the coronavirus. But some good news to talk about, at least to start off the inning, and that is the Ricketts family has decided that they will publicly uh, come out and pay the uh, employees who work at Wrigley Field, which is great to hear, of course. These are people that depend on that income when there is a baseball season. And we're seeing that all over sports, basically, with a lot of owners that have publicly come out and said that we are going to make sure that these people are taken care of because we are seeing a lot of job loss um, in this economy right now because of this health crisis. So it is nice to see the Ricketts stepping up and uh, taking care of these people when they need it most. Yeah, it's almost like they they heard our episode last week because uh, we sure said that did. something that would be, it'd be good to see um, them doing that. And, and I got to tell you, it's just a perfect storm with what the Ricketts were hoping to do this year with the Marquee Network's launch. Um, you know, we could we could make this a, a show about the economy and the economics of the situation. Um, but uh, everybody's hurting. Everybody's going to be hurting for a long time. And this is this is one of those good stories. And this is when it makes me just, you know, makes me say very, very proud of the of uh, the owners of, of, of my baseball team. Yeah, for sure. So let's move on to the second inning, Chad. And there is talk about MLB skipping the MLB draft for this year, um, obviously, because of everything that is going on. Usually it is being held up in New York at uh, MLB Network, but it looks like that may not be the case. The MLB draft is always kind of a weird time anyway, because it is during the season. It's very different from the NBA and NFL draft in that regard. And they might not have any international uh, free agency as well to, uh, you know, do with everything going on. Um, I assume with everything going on, I can understand, but I guess my question would be, are they just going to kind of do it old school way where they would just draft the players on a computer like they used to, or are we talking, they're not going to have any draft whatsoever. What, what have you heard from what they're thinking? Well, a, a couple things. One, I, I found it so bewildering. I mean, I, it hit me the other day. I was like, what, what are they even showing on ESPN? Right? Like what is there with no sports? But then you started to see with the start of the NFL free agency, you know, people talking about Tom Brady and others, 
I think um, if baseball – and it doesn't make sense that we're talking about guys getting $50 million contracts in football. I, I guess it's good if you're interested in that, but right now there's more important things. What I think the implications of this is is I think they're going to skip the draft completely. I think they're going to skip international signings completely, and there's implications for that. There, there's service time implications for that. Um, there are compensation implications for that, you know, in terms of bonuses and, and, and contracts, because I'm sure the Players Association is going to want to have their players paid, even though this season isn't happening. There's going to have to be some negotiations. But what I'm expecting to happen is there's not a draft at all, which means next year's draft um, is going to be a super draft or maybe they break it up. Um, you know, at this point, you know, the story needs to be is, is baseball even going to happen? Um, you know, you can't go on as business as usual when that's very much not the case. If, 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 if they choose not to have a draft, it's, 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 this is just going to be a unique asterisk and a unique point in our time. And let's hope it's just a one-time situation. Well, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't be able to have the draft like they used to, where you don't have to have everybody in the same room, literally the draft. Well, I think it's finances, day. Ryan. I, I don't think it's about the spectacle of it. I truly think it's finances. They're yeah. deciding if we don't do that, then we don't pay the bonuses and we, we just delay this year because if there's not going to be a product on the field, you know, if you've got a, a measure to save some dollars, you might want to do that because our economy is, is, is falling apart and baseball is not immune. Well, they could also just, uh, you know, throwing a spitballing here, but they could also draft these guys and then kind of hold their rights once baseball starts up again. Then they can that's negotiate. A, you know, that's the other thing they yeah. can do just to have. But that's against that. That won't work with labor rules. That won't work with contracts right now at the uh, the players' association. So you to own someone's right, quote unquote, own their rights. You've got to compensate them to hold them. I mean, that's yeah. what Kurt Flood and and you know that first free agent signing many decades ago. That's what that proved. So I think you're just you'd be busting it up against. I think just not having the draft is going to be a cleaner situation because you get some labor folks involved and I'm not saying pro or against labor. Um, you can't, like you said, you can't, you can't just draft someone and then just not compensate them. They want to be compensated if they're going to be owned their rights by an organization. Well, let's move on to the third inning. And you alluded to it uh, earlier when you talked about, will they even have a season? Well, I asked the question, should major league baseball at this point, maybe consider depending obviously on how long uh, the sports, kind of blackout goes and maybe just kind of say maybe we just don't have a season altogether in 2020 I know that is something that they certainly want to avoid at all costs but again if we're talking about a year where we're only seeing 81 games being played this year I really don't know how excited I am about that and I know maybe I'm speaking selfishly but at the end of the day I want to see a season where we're going to see at least over a hundred and you know, 30, 140 games. And at this point, Chad, we're not even going to be close to that if we're talking about what, you know, MLB is possibly proposing. I don't really, I, I know this isn't the popular answer, but I wouldn't really be all that upset if we couldn't have the type of season we wanted, if Major League Baseball decided to just basically, you know, say, like, we're going to, you know, wash this season and we're going to just go all in on 2021 what, what do you think you know we talked about it last week and and um you know I mean, let's be honest ryan i mean uh, between the two of us who's the optimistic guy in this podcast it's usually me right this situation this situation um has me very pessimistic um and and uh 
you know, last, last, last episode, I, I said, you know, I think best case scenario is all-star break, you know, the, you know, uh, George Offerman had talked about an 81 game season. I think that's where baseball hopes it gets, but I, from the pessimistic side of me, I don't know how they're going to be able to have a thousand people staff, you know, take care of a major league baseball team and have all those people together. Um, if we're still talking about social distancing in a couple months, which I think we will. And I, I don't know when sports is going to return. And I think it's going to be such a celebration when sports returns, but this is our new normal now. And if we're okay, um, if, if, if this, if, if this continues, the virus continues to spread at the pace it's spreading, you know, we're, we're going to start losing ballplayers. We're going to start losing sports figures. I mean, you know, politicians and, and uh, world leaders and, and, and people from all walks of life are, are falling ill to this and many are dying. And I don't, I, I'm not sure we're going to see some people on the field. It's very, very pessimistic for me to say that, but I'm getting more and more resigned to the fact that, that we're not going to see baseball at Wrigley Field in 2020. Yeah. And again, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like at all. I mean, yes, I'm upset in the fact that we wouldn't have baseball, but if you're telling me it's between playing an 81 game season or not playing any baseball at all, I honestly, I would choose to not playing any baseball at all. I wish I, I we, think, I wish we'd have a choice of an 81. I just don't think we're even going to have that choice. Well, I, I honestly, I don't even think that would be the right choice. If I guess what I'm saying is if you're telling me we have the 81 game season or no baseball, I think the 81 game season to me, I think is, is not something I would personally want to see. And yeah. I think that it would probably maybe be better to just, you know, like I said before, just kind of wash this season away. But let's see how it plays out, obviously, well, and, and hopefully we don't have to have that. that and not to, know, that, yeah, uh, and not not to try to get the last word. I'm not trying to get the last word. I will just say that. But when sports does return, my God, this this nation needs that distraction. My goodness, we're we're a weekend. We're 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 a, we're, we're like four days into um, shelter in place here in California. It came in on Friday. And, uh, you know, to think that we're going to do this for three weeks and then it'll probably be extended. My goodness. Um, the distractions are warranted and wanted. Well, it'll be similar for, for those that remember, like you and I, like nine 11. I mean, I think then when, when, when that first football game was played after nine 11, I think people, I mean, it was one of the, the, and obviously when the world series happened, the Yankees mm -hmm. were in the world series that year against the Mets. Uh, you know, it, it, I think it was something that everybody in this world needed. What, and what's that going to look like when, when the delay has been months and not days? Yeah, a hundred percent. So let's move on now to the fourth inning. And uh, well, we can talk about some news and maybe speculate a little bit here, but Theo Epstein's Yeah, let's, contract, let's have a little bit of fun, right? Let's actually talk about baseball a little bit. Man, my God. Yeah, we can do and that. We're gonna we do, can do that, thanks right? Thanks for sticking with us, listeners, because we want to talk about baseball, but we also have to talk about what's going on. Yeah, so let's let's play a little speculation game, Chad. Right. Uh, Theo Epstein, of course, uh, his contract is uh, coming up uh, very soon to, uh, you know, no longer he, he may or may not be uh, the Cubs' VP of operations once his contract is up. Uh, so my question to you, Chad, is once his contract is up, is after the twenty, is it the twenty twenty one season? His contract is up. I'm, I believe is that uh, the case. I believe he has once his. He's got one more. He's got through twenty three. Is it through twenty three now? Okay, 
I thought it was a 10-year contract, and I know he started in 2011, so I thought it was 2012. Well, we, we can record it both ways and edit it down, but uh, but I think, That's true. I think we got we got to have true. a fact check right here. you in front of your laptop? I'll look, defer to you. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'll I don't know. Uh, my, my intern, Peyton, has been furloughed, so, so you'll have Time now for the seventh inning stretch here on the Friendly Confines. And we've had a lot of great guests on this show. I mean, of course, we've had Joe Buck, Carl Ravitch from ESPN, Greg Amziger, Sarah Spain, uh, a great list. But I can honestly say I am very, very excited for our guest this week. You can uh, find him as the host of Sunday Today with Willie Geist on NBC. He is the host of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast, which you can listen to where podcasts are available. The co-host of Morning Joe also a contributor on the Today Show on NBC. Is there anything this man can't do? It is the incomparable Willie Geist. Willie, thank you so much for joining us here on the Friendly Confines as our seventh-inning stretch conductor. Uh, I don't know if you lost a bet, but regardless, I'll take it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. We're, we're so happy to have you. You know, there's something about Chicago and there's something about the Cubs that makes me say yes. Maybe it's therapeutic. I'm not sure. But um, as you know, I grew up briefly. I was born in Evanston. And my dad began to raise me as a Cubs fan. We moved when I was five years old. And he said he realized quickly that this was, of course, before the recent glory years of the Cubs. He realized quickly that it was a form of child abuse. So we had to move <laughs> to New York where the Yankees were playing. So yes. that's the way he rationalizes it. Hey, listen, I mean, I understand. But but the roots are in you a little bit. And I, I kind of oh, wanted yeah. to... To start there, as as you just mentioned, you know, you said born in Evanston, Illinois. Uh, your father is from Illinois, went to U of I, obviously tried to raise you as a Cub fan. I'm sure you have been to Wrigley Field a few times. I was curious sure. what your experiences were like going to Cubs games and, and what memories you have maybe of your first Cubs game or or memories you have of going to Wrigley when you were growing up or even as an adult today. So as you say, my dad's from Champaign, so he's downstate. So he actually was more of a Cardinals fan growing up. I don't know where the divide in the state of Illinois begins exactly, but he leaned toward, I think it was also father and uncles and who they grew up rooting for. But he could obviously get the Cubs games too. So he listened to both. He talks about you know, being in his, uh, his bunk bed listening to the games as a kid, both games, the Cardinals and, and the Cubs. My mom's from Barrington suburb of Chicago, for those who don't know. So we had heavy uh, Cubs influence in my life. And I think it was actually, I don't think, and I'd have to check with my dad, but I don't think I actually went to a game in those years from zero to five, but my all my family still lived in that area in Chicago. So the first game I remember going to, I think it was 87 because it was before the lights, um, which was 88, yep. the lights came in. Eight, eight, um, 88, and, yeah. Yeah, so it was 87 with my uncle, my, my uncle Bert, and um, they were Chicago guys. He's from Lake Forest. And um, I just remember thinking it was, I'd been to Yankee games by that point because we moved to New Jersey, and that's where I grew up as a Yankee fan. And I just remember Yankee Stadium's cool, but there was something else about, I think it was the people sitting on the roofs across the street, uh, the roof of Murphy's Bleachers, the roofs of those different buildings that are out there. And I just remember thinking, this is a very different experience. And then there was that whole thing at the at the Yankee game. There was this expectation of like, you know, you got to win the championship. And the Cubs thing to me, even as a kid, I picked up on it being sort of this communal experience of we've all suffered together for so long. Let's come and commune here and suffer again because this finally will be the year. 
and it was wouldn't be as we all know for another what 30 years after right. that that's right and now it's interesting willie because you and i are the same age we're both in our, our mid-40s and when when we were growing up though you and i both you know you being a yankees fan me being a cubs fan the yankees were not good back then i mean the yankees went through a stretch yeah. probably in the late 80s to early 90s where, where they were dreadful so everyone so we, forgets that and yeah. never wants to hear it because of their recent success. But when I grew up, so they won the, you know, in 81, they played the Dodgers in the World Series. And then after that, this steady decline of real mediocrity, I guess it would be sort of the Mike Paglia Rulo years. We had we had Dave Winfield, who was my favorite player, Donnie Baseball. I love Don Mattingly. There were guys that I loved, but the teams were middling. You know, they weren't in last place, but they were always middle of the pack. And it wasn't until sort of that Jeter era of 93 they were good, um, and then 94 they were having a good season and the strike came, and then it all sort of happened in 95, 96, and they went on that run. So no one will weep tears for the New York Yankees, I understand that, but I do like to point out, as you do, and I appreciate it, that when I was growing up, they weren't good, but there was still the expectation because of their history that they that they should be good. Yeah, we're talking with Willie Geist of the Today Show on NBC. Of course, you can catch Willie on Sunday Today, as well as he's a contributor on the Today Show during the week and the host of the Sunday Sit-Down Podcast. You can find him on Twitter, at Willie Geist, and on Instagram, uh, Willie Geist, so very easy to find him there. Willie, how often, if at all, do you get back to Chicago? And and how would you compare, in your opinion, maybe uh, baseball fans in Chicago compared to baseball fans in New York? Similarities there? Um, yeah, I think so. I think, um, my experience with the Cubs and the last time I was at Wrigley was two falls ago. I went to Vanderbilt and they were playing Notre Dame in September of, I guess that was 18. And so we did the full trip where we all went into Chicago on the Friday. We did Friday night and the Cubs were playing that night, which was, I mean, it could not have worked out better. It was a beautiful September night. We went to the ball game. And then woke up the next morning and drove to South Bend and watched Vanderbilt. By the way, almost beat Notre Dame that day, but that's a different podcast. <laughs> um, so I don't. I've always thought like the the Cubs games, and maybe it's changed since they got good, were more of a social event than the Yankee games were. There's an intensity to a Yankee game that you know every pitch, even you know getting with two strikes out in the bottom of the third on a Tuesday night against you know the 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 uh, Mariners. There was an intensity to every at-bat, and I think that's probably changed now in Chicago since there's a new expectation about winning. But it always seemed to me like Wrigley was a fun place, a great neighborhood to go have a beer, hang out with your buddies, you win, you lose. Um, that was my view from the outside anyway, and I suspect that it's not its not really that way anymore, that now that you've had the taste of a championship, you want it every time. Right. Now, it's, it's funny to me because, to your point, you know, in the past, I remember just thinking to myself, just please, one before I, I – did, honestly, I remember saying to myself, I didn't even care if they won the World Series. I just wanted to see them in a World Series to experience right. that. Right. And now that they've right. won, of course, now now I'm, I'm like a Yankees fan. I want it every year, and I'm upset <laughs> when they, they can't even get to the postseason anymore. So, yes, it's, it's I always, funny. I, I always joke with my Red Sox fan friends who are you know were the underdogs for their entire lives and the minute they won one title they turned into yankee fans <laughs> you know they wanted they wanted the biggest payroll they wanted all the best free agents 
and they expected to win and they became obnoxious. And I said, welcome to the dark side. That's You've right. joined us now. And I think that's true for the Cubs. Too. Yeah, it's so true. Willie Geist is our guest here on the seventh inning stretch. He's our special uh, seventh inning stretch conductor. See, Willie, there's something to shoot for. You know, the Cubs always have guest seventh inning stretch conductors leading take me out to the oh, ball game. Wow. There's something uh, maybe one day you can uh, they can invite you to Wrigley to do something like that. Uh, you'll have you to know, settle think- for this. For now, that's a level of Chicago celebrity that I'm pretty sure I'll never achieve. There, you've got Ditka and Bill Murray. I just, I don't see it. But man, if if they ask, I'll be there. Well, tomorrow. It, now you <laughs> you bring up something. This is a good segue because you just brought up Bill Murray and and your Sunday sit down. You get to interview. It's both on TV and you do the podcast with it. You get to interview some of the biggest names in in all of the world, um, celebrity wise. I've I've seen a lot that you've done. You. Had a great one with Al Pacino a couple of weeks ago that I thought was fantastic. Yeah. You've gotten to interview right. Bill Murray. I'm I'm curious from your perspective. I know there's a lot of names out there, but is there anyone in particular that when you've sat down with them, you've kind of pinched yourself and said, "Wow, I, I can't believe I'm about to interview this person." Yeah, definitely. Bill Murray was for sure one of those because he doesn't do. It's the ones who don't do a lot of press. And it's sort of um, it's an honor that they would do your show. You know, he's Bill Murray is famous for not having an agent or manager or publicist. He has a one eight hundred number that you call. He's this is going this is for thirty years. You call this one eight hundred number. You leave a message with your request, and if he wants to call you back, he will. And if he doesn't, he doesn't. So we called um, to try to get him on a couple years ago around the second anniversary of Sunday today. We thought that'd be a nice milestone. And we didn't hear from him, which most people don't. So we said, okay, we'll move on. And then he came in to do a live interview on the Today Show with Savannah. And uh, he walked into the green room and he said to our bookers, hey, I want to do that Willie Geist show. And they went, ah, what, you do? He said, yeah, let's just do it today. And they said, wait, no, we've got to set it up and get a place to do it and all that. And so thank goodness he was, I would have done it wherever he wanted, obviously, in, in that moment even. But he said, uh, yeah, have him come by. I'm here tomorrow. Have him come by the hotel at, at 10 o'clock, and we'll, we'll do the interview. So we showed up. We set up in the bar on the roof of the hotel where he was staying. And he, right at 10 o'clock, he came up. His hair was messed up. He was wearing corduroy pants, New Balance sneakers, a golf zip-up. And away we went, and we talked for an hour about everything. And, you know, sometimes you... With the guys like that, you don't want to be the guy quoting Caddyshack back to him <laughs> to be the 10 millionth person to do that in his life. So you sort of got to be careful around that stuff. But he he talked about everything. He talked about Ghostbusters, the early years of SNL, Caddyshack, Groundhog Day. All the he was happy to just sit and um, and go through it. And that was that was a big moment for the show because it sort of opened the door to other people who said, "Oh, Bill Murray did it," and then Jerry Seinfeld and and uh, David Letterman all did it as well because they sort of run in a similar circle. But the 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 way I broke the ice with Bill Murray because I didn't know him, um, we sat down while they were adjusting the lights, and I knew he was an Illinois basketball fan, and I was raised crazy Illinois basketball fan because my parents went there and met there. And uh, we talked <laughs> for about 15 minutes. We talked about the flying Illini of '89, and then we talked about the 2005 team with Darren Williams and D Brown to the point where they had to stop us and say, hey, can we start the actual interview now? Because we were comparing, we went position by position of like which team had the edge at every position. And we connected about Illinois basketball and we were off to the races from there. So he was he was as great as you would hope he would be. You know, he was fun to talk to and 
generous and cool, and he, he was just great. That's the thing about Murray that I think every Chicagoan loves is that he's, you know, as as you know, he's one of those guys, to your point, he's seems like just kind of a down-to-earth, wants to hang out with everybody, and never know when he's going to just pop up and hang out exactly. with some somebody who's getting married that day or, you know, somebody's exactly. birthday. It's it's pretty yeah, rem- he's crashed. He lives in Charleston, and he's crashed a bunch of uh, bachelor parties and receptions and rehearsal dinners and everything else. But I, I have to say, some people fake being sports fans, and you can kind of – you ask one question, and you go, ah, I see. You don't really know anything. And him, it was like – He's like, you know, I don't know, up front, Roger Powell, he was underrated. He was tough, and you put him next to James Augustine on that 05 team. I think, you know, he can lean on Lowell Hamilton enough and maybe put a body on Kenny Battle. I think they got a shot in that game. It was like, wow, they keep re- That's <laughs> he awesome. really knew his stuff. Yeah, it was great. That's awesome. And our thanks to Willie Geist from the Today Show. And, of course, Willie uh, does the Sunday sit-down podcast that you can find where podcasts are available. And, of course, he is the co-host of Morning Joe on MSNBC. So be sure to check him out. That was part one of our interview. Part two you can listen to next week. But, uh, man, he was awesome to talk to. I really enjoyed that, Chad. So fun. So fun. You know, I mean, it's just, it just again, it's a testament to, um, you know, people love baseball from all walks of life. And, and also it just it's been a lot of fun the access we've had. I mean, you know, whether it's Willie or, or Joe Buck or Mark Silverman, uh, Chet Kopic, um, we are so fortunate to have some of the guests we've had. So we're hoping you as listeners are enjoying it 100%. as well. So let us move on to the eighth inning now, Chad. And uh, of course, with, uh, you know, us reminiscing uh, so much without baseball, of course, it would uh, would be remiss not to bring up anything from the 2016 season, which was the uh, greatest season in Cubs baseball history. Um, so, Chad, I will uh, ask you first about any memories. Yeah. I know there are so many to choose from, but anything that you want to bring up for uh, this particular memory of the 2016? Yeah, season? you know, we, yeah, you know, I mean, a, a little, a little thought for our listeners. You know, we we could f- speculate on the starting rotation and and Chris Bryant and and uh, trade rumors, but it just uh, isn't going to serve anybody right now because we're so far away from being on the field. So we thought we wanted to add a little bit of excitement and, and enjoyment, and, and it keyed off with the Marquee Network and and being able to pull out from their um, their archives or their new archives, the Cubs archives of these moments of like these what you know things they remember of sixteen, and it jogs the memory. And so I'm going to lead off with something that I. Um, remember so vividly, and I remember the, the the reason it mattered so much in all of the games in in 2016. I want all of our listeners for a moment just to think about in all of the games in 2016. What was the most tense game you remember? And so if this isn't your answer, but look, just what comes to mind for you, Ryan? What was the most tense game that you would remember? Well, it's Game Seven of the World Series. I mean, by far and away, right? You you know what it it for me. The most tense game from start to finish. In other words, there was never any relief. There was never any like, okay, wow, we got this. Because game seven, we thought we were going to run away with that thing before things fell apart later in the day. So the game that was the most tense for me was the wind was blowing in so dramatically. uh, And it looked like nobody would ever score. And Javi Baez comes up and hits a bomb that probably would have landed over waveland avenue on top of a rooftop but instead as the outfielder jump landed barely in the basket and he thought he got all of it he did but the wind was so severe that one nothing game against the giants 
I saw a highlight package of that this week and I, I got nervous again. Like that is a memory I have of that. And that was so early on. If like that day, that game didn't go the way it should have went. Like we like, you know, could we have still won that thing? So that's the one that I remember um, that, that came to mind over the last week, watching some of the marquee highlights um, that still to this day, um, is so uh, I, all the folks that have the box set watch that game and tell me that you are not on the edge of your seat the entire night. I, I guess the other game I would point to is probably game six of the NLCS against the Dodgers when they clinched the um, pennant. I would probably go oh. with that too because you are so close and you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, please, like just. Oh, from a, from a tense perspective, yes, from a correct, tense. Yeah. Correct. That was the most, I mean, that was the most emotional game. So you, we didn't really ask the most tense game of the bet. We just like, what was the moment you think of? So, so I, I put you on the spot. You say the sixth sixth game of, with the Dodgers. Um, that's, that's great. What is a memory you have of 16 and why? Well, I, I mean, for me, I, it's, it's a no brainer for me. It's actually being at game six of the world series where I met you in Cleveland and we got to hang yep. out and do that. I mean, that, that is at the top of my lip. Plus it was my birthday. I yeah. mean, that is by far and away the number one highlight in my life when it comes to sporting events. So, I mean, that's a no brainer and, and, and it's nice. I mean, yeah. listen, I think it's a little different for you, Chad, obviously you're a season ticket holder. You get to go to a, a ton of games and which is wonderful you know for someone like myself i you know really only get to see the cubs a handful of times when they're down in south florida i see them against the marlins and then maybe when i'm in yeah. chicago i go to a game but for me to be able to go and to look back on yeah. that and say hey i got to be a part of that um that that means a lot to me right because of everything that i have and I got to you know experience growing up being a cub fan and being and and, and suffering like everybody the losing for all those years yeah. and being able to be a part of something where you get to see them at their absolute peak and, and experience not, not yeah. just a game, but a win. And, and I think I remember you and I talked about it. I said, you know, listen, if I come to Cleveland and they lose, okay, then you know what? I get to see the Cleveland Indians win the world series and I got to go to a world series game. So <laughs> be it. But best case scenario, I go to game six, the Cubs win and uh, I'm a part of it. And, and the best, outcome happened and and not only did it happen they, they i love it them. so so for me that that was I, I love it and, and I, yeah and i i you know i love is is I, I was very fortunate i am very fortunate i never forget this i i and i'll i i i am very lucky um i got to go to all seven world series games i i got to go to every home um cubs game at wrigley as you said as a season ticket holder i got to go to all the away games in la san francisco didn't miss a game. It was incredible to be, to have that run. And, and I have had the life that I was able to do that at the time. And I had a lot of points and miles from my job where I could do that. And I had a boss and a company that was like all over it. And I went to some of these games solo where I met some friends who were there. Um, and, you know, just being able to meet you and, and being out there, you know, for uh, batting practice and spending that time with you and having that fellowship with you. And then we went to our separate seats, you know, spending time with you, a guy I've known since college. Um, and again, uh, you know, we mentioned this on last week's show, like that's where I came to you and said, man, we should do like a pod. Like, we, you know, we're former broadcasters. You know, we should do a podcast. We should do like blog. We should do something. And, and, and not until the technology caught up with us did we finally realize that we could do this. And, and, and it's been a lot of fun. So it rekindled our friendship, re obviously rekindled our connection. So that game six was very special for me. Yeah, as well. 100%. And we'd love to hear it from you guys and the listeners. And, you know, you can find us on Facebook to, uh, you know, put your comments down and tell us what was your 
highlight of 2016 of a game maybe you were at or the most emotional or tense game that you were a part of or just the best game that you were maybe in attendance of. And we'd love to, you know, read about those on the air. We can do that next week. And you can go to our Facebook page at the Friendly Confines Facebook page. And, of course, you can find Chad on Twitter at Cubs Confines. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan D. Lieber. And we would welcome any of your comments on any of our social media pages. So, please be sure to check that out and we would be happy to talk about it on our next episode. So check that out for sure. All right. So let us move on to the ninth inning chat as we wrap up this episode and uh, another week, as we talked about without sports and without baseball and without previewing baseball. So it is time to play. What did you do this week without baseball, Chad? So what did you do this past week without baseball? <laughs> How was your weekend? Can't, uh, well, I mean, in California, they shut down the they've shut down the gyms, they've shut down the restaurants. It's it's been longer, unlike you knuckleheads in Florida that has all those kids that around the beaches for the last yes. month. But this isn't that sort of show. Um, so I I haven't had a lot of releases, and so it's been it's been huddling up, it's been uh, sheltering in place. Uh, it has been, um, you know, just focusing on work and 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 my my well being. But I'm going to share from a, a fun perspective is pulling out the Blu-ray set of the seven games, um, including um, the, 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 the game against the Dodgers, sitting that aside, um, and also the World Series uh, uh, video, and blocking off time over the next week. I'm going to watch every game in its entirety um, with Joe Buck on the call, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I can't wait. So that's what I've done is, is kind of get my life squared away for this new reality for the time being – um, and plot out what's gonna what's gonna have. I've got I gotta have structure. So this week's structure is I'm gonna suffer through <laughs> I'm gonna suffer through game three, <laughs> that horrible game three in Cleveland and uh, I mean in Chicago on Friday night. Um, I'm gonna suffer through some World Series losses, but I'm gonna watch the whole roller. All coaster. right, wow, okay, dedication right there. Uh, for me, uh, well, obviously we were uh, you know practicing social distancing and self quarantining ourselves. So. Um, the wife and I, we watched uh, some movies. I have some movie recommendations. If you'd like to, uh, you know, go into that. We uh, watched a movie with Tom Cruise, a movie that probably wasn't one of his bigger films, but actually was very entertaining called American Made. But a guy. Based, oh, I love American yeah, Made. Based on a true story. Fantastic. Movie. Yeah. Based on a true yep. story about uh, basically the drug smuggling uh, cartel back in the 80s where Tom Cruise plays a pilot who worked for yep. the CIA and worked for uh, the drug uh, cartels and bringing drugs into America and made a lot of money doing mm-hmm. that. But uh, unfortunately, well, I don't yeah. want to give it away, but it was a good movie. Yeah. I don't uh, and then um, there was another movie that we saw. Now I'm blanking on what the heck the movie was, but it clear. Oh, uh, we watched uh, Jumanji, uh, which oh. I thought was actually very good. I found it very entertaining. Well, which one, which one, which one? I mean, the, the Robin Williams or the, 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 the recent reboot or the sequel to the recent right reboot. we saw the sequel to the recent reboot i had seen the original with okay. robin williams and the first one with uh dwayne johnson and kevin hart and uh so we, okay. we hadn't seen the second one yet so we decided to watch uh that one so we we did that and uh it was very entertaining and very good so i enjoyed that as well so yeah so we, we... well if we're if we're going to do movie recommendations then I, this is one that a lot of people have not seen, even though it, it was in the award season, I highly recommend, highly recommend Jojo Rabbit. That was one of the most enjoyable movies I saw of this last year. I do year. want to see that. Um, that is on my list. I highly recommend it. The premise, I mean, let me just play the premise out to you. So there's this 10-year-old boy, 
He is a very dedicated Nazi. He aspires to grow up to be a Nazi. Um, I, again, I'm not trying to be offensive here. This is the pitch. Um, he hates he hates a, a certain religion and his imaginary friend is Hitler. Can I tell you, despite all of that, this was the, one of the most endearing, funny, wonderfully put together movie ever. It is not in any way, shape or form offensive. It is uh, an incredible story. I just can't imagine being in the room when they pitched this thing because I just pitched it to you as it really was. And it's crazy that they allowed that to get made. I'm glad it, they got it made. It's well, really and, and to throw this in there, uh, I don't know if you know this or not. The director who played Hitler, actually, he is the director and writer of yeah, the movie. Yep. He is Jewish. I know. I did yes. know that. No, I did know that. And he he's he's one. Of, I got to tell you. I was I was going to say uh, in, a, in a way that could be pulled out and used against me. I will just <laughs> share this. The director, he, he, the role he played was one of it, it was a, it was an it. it it was incredible. You'll be laughing with him in the first ten five minutes yeah. of the movie. At with him, with him, not at him. It's incredible. We're gonna definitely rent that one uh, at some point soon. Well, good yeah. stuff. All right. Well, continue to stay safe, everybody. Continue to uh, yes, practice everybody. your social distancing, and hopefully, we can all get through this together. And uh, we don't have to sit in our houses anymore than we need to. But with that being said, if you're bored or uh, you know looking for content about baseball. We're here for you every step of the way. And we're going to make sure that yeah. you guys are up to date on everything going on or just to get away a little bit from the realities of life and what is happening right now. We certainly want to make sure that you are enjoying yourselves. And if Chad and I can do that for you, uh, we are happy to do so. Yeah. So stay tuned for next week. We will be back with another episode and we'll have part two of our interview with Willie Geist as well. So for Chad, I am Ryan. Have a great one, everybody. We'll continue to get through this together we'll talk to you next week yeah i always like to say we'll see you at the ballpark but uh at this point everyone please be safe do what you can because nothing would make me happier than seeing each and every one of you at the ballpark stay safe everybody don't let anyone say that it's just a game for I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed The first time you walk into Wrigley